Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Dave, uh, Stacy Blood here with the Bloody Nerve. I uh, just wanted to uh, clarify, um, I, I know I overpaid a little bit for the pizza last night, um, just take that as a tip, I know uh, times are hard these days, and um, it was good to hear about the new equipment that you got, um, maybe this year the show will be better than you know, last year. Um, but anyway, um, hope all is well, and um, happy birthday, jackass. You want to see something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics, and overall badassery. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio for real on Society 13 Networks. Welcome to KWR. This is Dave. How you doing out there? I have a special guest, a return guest again, and actually uh, one of my favorite crooners. And as far as far as I'm concerned, one of my favorite vocalists in the music world. I think he knows that. We talked about last time. Anthony Schrock, you're there with us. Yes, sir. This is Anthony from Full Effect Records, of course. That's his label now. But uh, the final cut was his band. That's where I knew him from, of course. And uh, huge fan. Can't say it. I, I mean, I still play your stuff every week. Uh, at least on the weekend, we're jamming some uh, It Comes To or whatever off of it. Even Terminate is like one of my favorites. But uh, So what have you been up to since the last time we talked? We, we had Christian Simon from Faster Pussycat with you last time. What have you been up to since then? Well, uh, editing deep into the cut, the first final cut record for a release uh, in September. And then um, working on the new final cut. And then just trying to keep the label rolling. When do I get to hear uh, a new final cut song? Oh, 
Uh, probably September. <laughs> you said like a, act like that was a dirty question. So. All right, oh, it uh, is, man. Everybody asked that question. All right, all right. Well, well, Full Effect Records. I, I want to do this as a series because you have there is a lot of bands on that label, and all of which are incredibly good. I mean, I I, I can't even pick a, a band to do first. I let you do that, and we're talking about Faster Pussycat right now, and uh, they have a new one out right now, correct? Yes. Now I'm familiar with Front Row for the Donkey Show, the live one. Well, that was the last one they put out. There, uh, he's been working on some stuff in the studio the last, uh, about a year or so. Um, but he, they tour, I mean, they tour a lot. They're, uh, they're a band that, like, if you ever want to know, like, the, like, the way to success and be successful is to find, you know, Tammy's a, Tammy's a very, very hardworking individual. They've been on tour nonstop since 2006. Yeah, that, I, I was gonna say that that man that that rap sheet of theirs, the torque sheet, is amazing. When I see what they're doing, I mean, I don't think were they even doing that in the '80s like that, or is it just been I mean, that I, consistent? Yeah, I don't know if they were or not. <laughs> um, in the '80s, I think it was a lot harder to tour. Yeah. But I mean, amen, man, that guy goes out and humps the road like. Oh, I know. And then he pops up. You know, see him on the metal show. That metal show every now and then. I just saw him for. Uh, I think it might have been. I don't think it was the ride for Dime. It might have been. He was. There was a little snippet on TV. I don't know. It was VH1 or something. I saw. Uh, I don't think he was hanging out with Ricky Rackman this time. But uh, yeah, he pops up every now and then. So he's really good at marketing, one way or the other. All right. Yeah, he's just. Yeah, I mean, he enjoys touring. He enjoys playing out and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I learn a lot from him. I met him uh, in Chicago in '94ish, and I learned a lot from him. How did you? Was that uh, like a mutual gig for you guys, or were you there to see them? No, he was uh, working. I was working at uh, Warzone okay. with uh, the Warzone, the guy, those guys, and we were working on Funnel Cut. And he came in with Newly Dads. Nice. And, yeah. and the cool thing about Chicago is the collectiveness, the way people work together and stuff. Unlike a lot of other music genres where everybody's so secular and stuff. Right. Uh, right. These guys in Chicago always, whether you're at Wax Tracks with the Revolting Cox Ministry and in, in one studio, or you were in. Warzone, where you had like you know Diwarza, Chris Randall's group, Sister Machine Gun, and right. they were all recorded in the same spot and same area as well. And it's like it was kind of cool to work with all those different people. Yeah, and I, I was listening to. I guess there's a lot of influence here. Uh, Thinning the Herd, the compilation album on your full effect page, um, that has what I think they do. They show up on two songs, Faster Pussycat, or is it just the one? Oh, porn, porn star, star. one of them, and uh, what's I don't know. I it might be it might be just one, but okay. uh, Billy Dad's coming up with one, so that's what that's, it was. Yes. Do they do you no? Do they cover any Newly Dead stuff, or do they keep that two separate entities, Faster Pussycat from Newly Dead's? You know, I'm not sure. I wonder if they mix I any in there. I've seen them play about a thousand times. <laughs> I'm not, you know. I'm, I'd be curious I'm not to see. Sure if they, I think once I'll play some newly dead stuff, but he pretty much, you know, I think he pretty much keeps them separate. Because there's that Faster Pussycat album where they uh, industrialized Faster Pussycat uh, between the Valley and the Ultra Pussy. Correct. And yeah, so I just wonder, like, where did that crossover happen, or is it just something they just did to do, just to remix everything? <laughs> Dude, he's a, you know, the one thing I always appreciated about him uh, is that he's such a, he's such a. a he can, he, he has like different, different characters he can bust out, whether it's Faster Pussycat or Newly Dads. But the, the, he always like 
maintains relevance, which I've always admired about him. And that's important. That's what a lot, the guys that are lasting these days, yes, they're listening to the newer stuff, or, but they're also going back and not forgetting where they came from, which is awesome. And that's right. great for the fans, the old school and the new school. I know there's a lot of like, uh, glam rock and, um, we'll say hairband people that I know that will never listen to an industrial rock album, which I feel they're missing out because a lot of these guys, that's what they progress to or even just, and then they could always go back to basics. Uh, Faster Pussycat to me was a blues rock band, you know, if you ask me in the beginning, more than metal, but that's just me. All right. No, they were, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's, it's hard to like comment on, on anything without okay. having some sort of personal feelings. Yeah, if, if you yeah. really like somebody, uh, it makes it even more, uh, you know, more difficult to like say anything about their music because, right. you know, when you like the person, you uh, you automatically will probably take a shine to the to the to the music just because, you know, that's the way it is. But I I I'll tell you, I've, I I admire him both as a friend and as like somebody that's in music. Right, and you and as a fan, you you grow with them. I mean, look at Metallica; they get abused for doing everything they ever did. But you know what? You earn the right after a while to do whatever you want to do, and if it's working for you, uh, and you know, here we are still talking about Tammy Down, which is fantastic to me. Then he's doing the right thing. <laughs> How can anybody say he's not? <laughs> uh, but yeah. So when's the next time you're gonna run into those guys? Are you gonna say, I know you talked to Chris Christian Simon. Yeah, I was gonna go down to Chicago and see him, but I didn't. Uh, we had the rains and stuff. Yeah. Uh, here in Michigan, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, the news has been interesting lately. Um, I wanted to ask you, lineup-wise, uh, how many original guys are with Faster right now? I, I, is it just just Tammy at this point, or is well, it's just Tammy? Greg, I believe, is still in LA. I don't, I don't know when the last. He did the first couple of tours with Tammy and Brent. Oh, lovely Brent. Uh, yeah, he's not with him either. But he's, he's had the same core guys like Christian, Danny, right. um, and Chad have been with him for quite a long time now. And uh, Ace has been with him quite a bit for quite a spell. I mean, Michael Thomas was the first one that I remember. But, uh, yeah, he's maintained, like, the same band for the same entity for quite a long time, though. Well, why don't we play something right now? Um, do you want to play something new, old? What do you, what do you suggest? Right, Dealer's choice, buddy. All right. Well, um, I really know. I think somebody. I think people out there need to hear. Let's go for something old first. I have a favorite, of course. Uh, Babylon. I love Babylon. That's just one of my favorites. Uh, where are you with that one? You okay with that? I'm all good, bro. All right. We'll play that, and uh, we'll get back to uh, Anthony Schrock from the Final Cut and Full Effect Records in just a moment. <laughs>
Breaking Evolution of Horror. David J. Fairhead's The Fall of Tomorrow. The Fall of Tomorrow is a tale of desperation told by those who are striving to salvage some hope against a ravenous bastion of evil bent on ruling our world. Burning Bow Publishing presents The Fall of Tomorrow by David J. Fairhead. Available May 1st at Amazon.com and at BurningBowPublishing.com. All right, back here with Elise Rock from the Final Cut and Full Effect Records. Uh, you must check out the site if you want to. I, I mean, such a variety of music and tastes. Whether you're old school metal, new industrial. I, I mean, he's got it all. And right now, we're talking about Faster Pussycat. And uh, they have their first album in 14 years. Again, that was in 2006. Power in the Glory Hole. Is that when that came out? Hmm. Yep, right after my father passed, he came here. I mean. That's what I was telling you about the character of the person, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> he drove out here from LA to spend that time with me. And, uh, while he was here, we're, you know, now uh, we, it was obviously a miserable time for me, but he came out here and hung out with me. And then we talked about what we wanted to do. And we decided to do the label thing and put the records out. And that's the first, first new album in 14 years. That says a lot. I mean, was, was Tammy Down just bored and said, you know what? I got to do something here. Or they have this stuff sitting no, around. I don't think boredom no he's always writing he's like me like even though we don't put out a lot of records that you know we were going through the final cut tracks right. to, to do for this upcoming record and you know there's 56 tracks to go through <laughs> Shit. and it's like you know even though we're not putting stuff out we're writers you know we we're yeah. say i mean we could write on experience or we write over you know whatever's going on in our in our lives and he's the same way he writes so he's constantly writing and I think that's why you have to like come up with all these, all these alts and stuff is because, you know, some of the stuff you write might not be like this type ish or this, right. you know, insert band here. So you have to come up with like a different identity and stuff. And that's the way he is. And that's why, you know, to your point about like people not wanting to cross genres. Um, and that's why I think bands these days, you know, have, have such an opportunity that you didn't have growing up in like, or putting out music in the 90s, 80s, because you were, you know, you had to be in a category back then. You know, you had to be industrial, or you had to be this, or you had to be that. And, you know, it's kind of like when you get a plate of, uh, you know, don't mix my 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 corn with my mashed potatoes kind of <laughs> shit. You know, you got the little plates with the little dividers. And that, nowadays, I mean, I think that people, like, listen to all kinds of stuff, and that's the one thing I do love about music now. I mean, there's so many detractions from music. You know, people always bitching about this or that, royalties and this and that. And, but at the end of the day, I mean, you couldn't... I mean, I was looking at the Arctic Monkeys plays last night. I mean, you couldn't pay for a 100 million... You know, you couldn't pay for promotion to a hundred million people when I was, when I was started in music. True. There was, there was no package at like your local promoter for like a hundred million users. It's insane. I, and you're saying now going back to the, there were 56 tracks that you were going over. How, where do you even begin? To- uh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, you begin by getting sober and then once you're sober, then you start going through tracks. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> uh, you, you just write. I read. Really, I, I just, you know, there comes a point in time where you're just constantly writing. And even though you might be on tour like him always, I mean, he's consistently writing as well. Um, Tame me down. We're talking know. about here. 
Just got to recap to the folks that you know may have just tuned in. Can you can you imagine if I was that professional? But, yeah. Actually, just tune in on on a podcast. Yeah, it's happened. Oh yeah, yeah. You want to hear something funny? You know what? This is funny. This is personal too. Um, when you interview uh, actors or actresses, um, they will actually tell their their. Um, I shouldn't even be saying this, but I don't care anymore because they didn't back me up at all. Uh, they will tell the, por- the their their uh, fan base the point and time in the podcast to tune in to hear them. Because God forbid there was a song before them or after them. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Uh, we'll talk off air sometime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying it's happened. <laughs> listen, there's, I've, listen, I've been on tours. I believe everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the way that goes. So yeah, I just, you know, every now and then you got it. And then, you know, people like to uh, you know, shoot ahead from your promos or whatever else you got going on. Instead of like listening, you might actually hear something you want to have, but you know, what are you going to do? That's the frustration. That's why I do what I do, you know, cause I hate terrestrial radio and, uh, I'm all about XM serious, even though that's starting to go that way too now. I haven't listened to it in so long. I don't even know what it, I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, having your own label in that million dollar jukebox of yours, I'd say that you really don't need anything else. <laughs> you always got to listen and learn though. That's the one thing. Yeah. That's the one thing about being a DJ that I've always kept to is that, you know, being a DJ keeps your, you know, keeps you in the, in the game, I guess is the way, the best way to put it. And, you know, just by people requesting stuff or, or you just keeping, you know, your, your, your ear to the ground, so to mm-hmm. speak. It's like, uh, you know, you just, when you're staying in a flow and you can watch people get excited, like, you know, like I was telling you about the Arctic monkeys yes. or heaven knows, or like all these really group, these, uh, us, USS, I believe is their name. Ying and Yang, all these young bands that are coming up that I really, really like. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to see. I mean, we tried to do full effect in that, that image years ago. And, and it's, it's finally, cool to see that the rest of the world's coming where we were like six years ago and like you told me like rap rap has been a huge influence for you so you're, you're still you're you're not turned off when you hear rap music coming on which is nice you know it, i i personally was a huge rap fan but it's it's i don't know if, for you has it gotten better as far as finding particular songs you like or do you listen to all of it to see what you like from that song well you know as a programmer or someone who does music you always want to take music apart i mean that's the one thing about being a musician that mm-hmm. you know that's that's that that's the flip side of being a DJ. When you're a musician, you're you know you, you kind of take it up. You can listen to the programming or the way they're using 808s or the or the types of uh, samples they're using in it. Like I'll give you a for instance. A lot of these rap songs use the hey hey hey. There tons of bands are sampling that. Hmm. And, and I was sitting in the car one day and I was kind of like, wow, that's that's it sounds like something that I would do. And then you think about back to New World Order with a dan and right. it's like they're just that's they're interesting just using that same offset you know crowd chant or whatever like the same way Nitzarab used it the same way Ministry used it it's like kind of funny how it all goes full circle. Well, yeah, talking full circle. This band I had on last week, um, the band called Space Crime. It's these two guys. I believe one's a DJ, but the two guys out of Milwaukee. They they live with another guy that, that plays in stoner rock bands, but it ends up this band Space Crime, which I really would like to introduce you to at some point. I'll have to send you something. Um, their, their, their beats and their rhythms that they're coming up with are being sampled or at least looked at by the Wu-Tang Clan right now, which I thought that, that's a, that's a win. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And these guys, if you saw them, I mean, they're, 
they're, they're not they're not rap stars. I mean, they just are not. They're just two guys that are programming, and they, uh, there might be a third guy now, and they get some cool riffs in there at the same time. Um, I, I'll let the music speak for itself. I'll send you something. They'd be probably glad that I did. Awesome. Yeah, space crime. Look them up. I think if you Let's even talk about about cross cross, you know, being in genres and crossing over. Yeah, you didn't really see that back when you know we were growing up. Um, you just saw, like I said, people hold true to their roots. If you were a techno DJ, quote unquote. You know, you played techno music, and that's why I went to Chicago to DJ, because I thought Chicago, um, when all was said and done, was a little bit more liberal when it came to music. So if you wanted to play uh, some funky house stuff or whatever, and then you wanted to follow it up with, uh, you know, Spin Spin Sugar or whatever was the flavor at the time, you know, Chicago people were open-minded enough to where they would they would take that bait, and uh, they would just dance if it was music, and I enjoyed I enjoyed those types of crowds as opposed to the ones that, you know, oh, geez, how dare you play something with some funk in it when you're playing techno. It's like, what? Yeah, I'm, I agree with you completely. <laughs> variety, variety, absolutely. <laughs> with that in mind, uh, let's let's play a new faster song. How do you think? Uh, what do you think about Porn Star? A porn Star is awesome. Yeah, I think we both agree on that one. All right, folks, we'll be right back with Anthony Strock. Uh, right now, a little bit of a faster pussycat. And this, is, this one's off the compilation album, isn't it? This is on the Thinning the Herd? Uh, well, it was actually on uh, Power and the Glory Hall, was it not? But the remix, the remix is, okay. uh, is exclusive to the compilation itself. <laughs> Very cool. It's good to let people know that. All right, here we go with Pornstar. Uh, Be right back.
That was Porn Star, and that is the remix that is off of the compilation Thinning the Herd. You can get it at Full Effect Records. And I'm talking to Anthony Schrock, the man behind Full Effect Records. And how is that doing? Or what is your what's your top seller on on your site right now? Is that a bad question to ask you? Or what's popular? No, I mean the label. The label, unfortunately. We'll start with the unfortunate parts of the label. That's fine. The label, unfortunately, um, you know, took a little bit of hit when I, I got sick, probably about two years ago, 2011. And, uh, you know, when I got sick and was, wasn't able to keep both eyes on full effect, it kind of strayed a bit. Mm. Um, well, the label has always been, it's always been difficult to, to try to, to break a band. And I think in this day and age, it's really, really, really difficult to break bands. Um, you know, there's just so much music out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know as a DJ, when I get my monthly music charts from whether it's Beatport Top 100 or, I mean, there's a hundred songs right there in case anybody was curious. Um, and then you factor in all the other releases and all the other things that you might hear. You know, you're probably waiting through 150 to 200 songs every month as a DJ. And, you know, at three minutes a song or whatever. I mean, you could do the cursory, and you're a DJ, you know, you could do the cursory, I'll have a listen to see it. But, I mean, even if you did a 10-second drive-by on a 200 songs, it's to, you know, you're already two hours into your journey. So it, it's it's so hard to, like, get a band front and center. And I tried to I tried to be, like, the the person who tried to get bands to tour because I understood, I understood the, like, you could download a, an MP3, but you can't download a live experience, and you can't download, um, you know, a performance. Absolutely. And I think Tammy got it. And the hard thing with younger bands, because of you know budgets and things like that, when you're an independent label, you know, you're 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 constantly in a in a in a struggle between the bottom line and the top line. And um, you know, unfortunately, like. A lot of tours, they get, um, you know, trying to get the bands on, like, you know, a lot of guys are doing buy-in tours, which I, you know, I kind of, I kind of wince when I hear the word buy-in. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I'm familiar. I just don't, I don't understand, because a lot of the bands that are from my genre, you know, where would they have been without the opportunity, like a thrill kill cult or, you know, someone to take you on the road and, like, introduce you to people. And, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of, like, I, I, I definitely, um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for, man? I definitely didn't, uh, I didn't factor in a lot of things when we started the label. And when thing, when the landscape changed with the major labels is basically going to publishing and, mm-hmm. you know, almost every band has their own label now to get sub, you know, to get distributed through X label, whether it's Warner, Sony, us, and, you know, it, there's just, uh, it, like a, it's just hard to get them out there in front of people. Right. And, uh, the level of competition in, in, in every genre is, is exceptional. And like I said, when the major labels pulled out and went towards publishing, it should have been a clear indication where the money was. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we didn't make that transition as fast as we should have. I'm sure I've talked to other label owners that were kind of caught in the same, you know, they're mired in the same, like, discrepancy. You know, uh, when did you make the switch from MP3s to CDs? And when do you, you know, not make physicals available and, you know, you try to do wax or something like that, and at eight dollars a pop, it's like eight grand to throw out like a, a normal record, and it's a, you know, it just becomes a very costly endeavor, and you know, like with anything in life, um, you know, and it was never done 
for sales. I mean, it was actually the label was started so that Tammy and I had an avenue to put out our music in. And then along the way, we found bands like Rabbit Junk, who I think is amazing. Um, you know, and, uh, Pig Face, uh, you know, I could see why Martin just, <laughs> why Martin gave me the record there. You, you know, this is kind of like, I, he was probably tired of the label stuff. Man, Pig Face, I saw them. Jeez. I, I want to say the early 2000s. I had such a great time with that. Um, yeah, what you're talking about here, it seems like there's a lot more money going into promotion than making money. And I'm looking, I'm holding a a 45 from a a punk band. They're from Philadelphia. Their name is from Philly. They gave me this 45 and it actually has four songs on it. It's uh, and, um, I thought it was a 45, but what comes, what it comes with is a downloadable little certificate inside it. So you can download all the whole album if you want, but you buy this, this vinyl, you know? And it's a good, it's good looking vinyl too. I mean, I, I'm from those days, so I remember. But I mean, the money they put into making vinyl. I mean, can you even make that back when you, you can download the whole album for free after that? Well, yeah. I mean, because they're doing. I mean, they're doing what I. When you got bands like, you know, I'm not, I don't know. when you got a band like Nickelback that just comes out and uh, they they give their whole album away for free. Yeah. I mean, how do you? How is a like a young band you compete with that? And, and I'm not saying that you know shame on Nickelback or Kid Rock for cutting price, ticket prices to ten bucks, but it, you know, the unfortunate part with that is you know you're setting a precedence for other bands, right. and unfortunately, other bands that don't have the luxury that that band has, like unless you're going to go out and do all the touring and get paid the kind of money that they get paid, and you know, essentially when you're giving away for free, you're still getting digital royalties and things like that, so. You know, I could see it accruing after like a certain amount of time. But the hard thing is, like I said, is like as a younger band, um, you know, trying to figure out a way to get into everybody's eyeballs. Right. And, uh, you know, the wax thing though is a very interesting thing. Um, last stat check I did, I think, uh, Sony's sales worldwide were somewhere in, uh, I want to say five to 10% range as far as wax. And I mean, People would be like, well, that's great. You know, that's not a lot of wax. Well, five to ten percent of everything that Sony sells being wax is kind of a large margin. Well, you know, I was just thinking about this uh, along the same lines uh, I'm promoting. Um, as a DJ yourself, now, I, I just have this, this small potato show that's been getting bigger and it's doing pretty good since iTunes. And, um, I get more music than I could play in a year from people. And I, I try to keep up and I try to, like I mentioned that band from Philly because I'm not going to get a chance to play them on this show next week, guys. But, um, you know, what do you do? I, how, I can't imagine what you're getting. Do, do you get approached from younger bands saying, Hey, can I get on your label? Here's our album. Yeah. And then, and then I made the, the casual mistake of always saying yes. I mean, mm. you know, I was trying to help everybody and try to, 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 you know, uh, I don't want to say, you know, it, it, that's a, that's a hard, that's a hard thing. But it yeah, is, I get yeah. asked a lot to get put on the label. And, you know, like I said, in this day and age, it's just very difficult to like give these, these, you know, huge, like, I guess all bands just want to be, you know, they want to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They want to be put out in front of the crowd and they want to do this and do that. But what mm-hmm. bands don't understand is to hire the promotion, you know, to hire, to get the great, I mean, you're looking at like 10k just before you even get out the gate right in this day and age i mean and you know that's you know that's a pretty sizable investment you know for an independent record company so what do you, how do you d- decide you get four bands they send you like do you have a criteria that you go by saying nah, <laughs> this is bands i like man I yeah mean, if you honestly, like it okay that's what it all comes down to and that's fair 
you know, like I said, the, the bands, you know, there's been a few duds on the record, but you know, for the most part, everybody that's a bit on full effect or is on full effect, you know, they, they've, they've done okay. I mean, Rabbit Junk, I just saw was in tour in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, Marion Crane, I think is a great talent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonny Langan from White Pop, he's, he's awesome. I mean, all those guys are great programmers and great musicians. And that's why that's what attracted me to them. And it's good to see that they're still relevant on this day. You know, it's like Tammy or Martin Atkins or anyone that's been on our label, you know, they've maintained relevance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can honestly say that only a couple of bands have fizzed out, you know, yeah. on, on our label that haven't, that we actually really tried. I mean, fashion bomb yeah, out of Chicago, they're a, they're a good band as well. Um, I just think that the time they were trying to beat down the door, um, you know, rap was just a really big, you know, that rap was doing really well. Um, I think that they're going to do a lot better in the future. I mean, I think from here on out, you're going to see a spike in those guys. You'll see the rabbit chunks, the fashion bombs, the Marion Cranes, the white pops. You're going to start seeing them around more because, you know, I think this, this like music that we're into right now is more conducive with bands like this. Absolutely. Um, and these are all bands that you're talking about. They're on full effect. How, how do people find your stuff? You may as well plug some stuff right now. <laughs> it's, uh, fulleffectrecords.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, we'll have a new, what we got the new website coming at the end of the month. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty well, cool as it was. It is, but you know, we want to do, I've always wanted to do a more interactive one. I want to do a full effect radio where it's constantly streaming nice. our stuff so people can actually get on there. I like that. Uh, you know, we're going to do these, you know, if we're going to do these little spots, you and I, then they're going to go up there. I want to make it more interactive. I always wanted full effect to be, you know, a little bit bigger than it is. I'll tell you, well, as a fan, and again, I I was a huge fan before, you know, we ever started yapping here. And, you know, these mediums open up, you know, the the, the conversation that we're having now. But, like, when when I found you, I was like, oh, man, what is the final cut up to? I haven't listened to them, any new stuff in a while. I still listen to your old stuff, trust me. And, you know, I bought a Termini. I bought off, you know, iTunes. And I'm like, and then I found you. I'm like, and then I look, Jesus, these bands he has under his label i got the package deal here this is fantastic i get to you know listen more faster and and check out the other stuff you guys sign are there any other bands that you've picked that you found sound like the final cut or have final cut tendencies no no so you go completely different i mean i won't i mean i think that uh there's there's people like you know rj from rabbit chunk i think he's amazing okay. um, i listen to some of that mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's just awesome, dude. Uh, and Sonny Langan from White Pop, I think his, his programming and stuff, there's, I mean, I listen to, the, the cool thing is that, you know, when you're, when, it, when you have the ability to detach and you can listen to bands as a fan, um, I think that's what really helps. When you listen to a band, not as like, oh, I could produce this or, <laughs> I listen to it like if somebody does something that I don't do or somebody's a better, you know, does some clever vocals or got great hooks or you're always listening for that one thing in a band that, you know, maybe you're not good at or like maybe that you find, you know, that you envy about a band, you know, I'm not necessarily like a certain this or that, but at the overall package, I mean, like I, I love RJ's energy. I, I mean, I think fashion bombs got a great look and they, they're very, they're very high endy. I mean, Marion Crane and you know, they're, they've got their own, their own very cool sound they're from jacksonville and they've got this like gritty rock kind of vibe going and uh white pop you know they they've they're heavy program laden tracks which is you know the stuff i grew up on that you and i grew up on absolutely 
So each one of these bands that, you know, that I've taken a liking to, and there's been a few others and stuff like that, uh, that we, that we didn't win on. But, you know, it's like the one thing that they all can take comfort in is that I'm their biggest fan. And I think that at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's a selling point right there is that if it's, if it's, you know, if it's good enough for me to reach into my pocket for and like, you know, try to bring it to fruition, then I hope that other people see the, you know, would take that in their, you know, consideration. I think that's something rarely heard, and that's what people need to hear, is that somebody like yourself saying that you're the biggest fan of the people you're signing. You're not looking at the almighty dollar, but you have to contend with it. But you're you're looking at the band as from from a fan's point of view, and that's so much more important with music, and it's missing. And it's good to hear that you're bringing that back. And it shows that, um, that I gotta say, the, the production, I don't, front row for the Donkey Show, I was like listening to that, my god, the production for a live album, that's just amazing. And he did a lot of work on it. Wow, I mean, I mean so clear sounded. <clears throat> yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, if you look at all the artwork on the label, if you look at all the, you know, we got, we took a lot of time and a lot of, you know, put a lot of effort into like making the label come, you know, come full circle. It's like, and it's like, you know, it'd be rewarding if it follows through like I, I you know if it plays out like I'm thinking it's going to I think that mm-hmm. we're in that age and you know we're in that genre of time and I think that the bands that we signed are going to hold the hold some water for the next few years and mm-hmm. you know it's just like I said I wish I could have I wish I could have expedited it I wish I could have made you know today 2007 or 8 whatever but yeah right you know, you oh man I know what you're saying you can't make the herd follow, man. You can only you can only lay stuff out there and hope that you're at the right place at the right time. And mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, when you're asking about like how, what's your best, it's timing, man. Like you could have the best promotion, you could have the best people promoting the records, you could have the best intention, the best production. You know, good producers like Fashion Bomb had. Uh, I had that that fellow from uh, the ooh, what was his name? I have to go look on a poster. I don't even remember his name. He was the he he did the Killers or someone like that. The band oh, producer. Okay, okay. Very, he did a great job on the record, but the problem was the record came out in November, and uh, you know I tried to dissuade people from doing that, and I bent under some pressure, and we put the record out, and it, you know it didn't really do well because November, December, as you know, as a radio guy, yeah. dead months. And, uh, you know, so then when you get back in in the next year and you look at the back of the record and you look at the date, it's already a year old. <laughs> and, yes. uh, you know, I tried to warn people about these kind of things, these little misnomers, but you know, a lot of people don't listen. Oh, those yeah. are the lessons you learn in the music business. And those are the things that, you know, you just say, oh, we did that wrong. So move on. Um, you know, you can't have a lot of oopses when you're an independent label. And that's another, you know, the margin of error, you know, that you're working on is like always... It's a constraining issue. Well, so, you know, you do the best what you can do, and then, you know, you're never going to make any everyone happy, or anyone for that matter. <laughs> um, so you might as well just make yourself happy and enjoy the music. I think you're, you're <laughs> correct. The timing, but I think there's timing and passion. I mean, for you to come back and do what you're doing, it was now we're going, oh, geez, six, seven years later, and you're, you still have the passion. If not, do you think it's it's even grown more? Are you like, do you get angry? You're like, man, I got to make this better. I'm so much more into it now than I was seven years ago. Or do you, well, is it the same anybody, bug? But it's still around, man. You always got to have like a passion. You always got to have a desire to do better. I think that when you when you stop wanting to do better or you stop having a passion is when it clearly shows. I mean, you know, if you're not if you're not embedded you know embedded into the material and the work that you're doing then you know people are going to see that and smell that right away right well that's so yeah 
blood in the water. Uh, that's the point I was going to I was trying to make actually because now I'm in my 40s and I just recently, you know, I got published because I got I got pissed. I got furious that, you know, I'm reading crap. I'm reading some, there's a lot of great writers out there, but I'm reading I'm th- thinking to myself, I I've been doing this for 20 years and I haven't tried hard enough and I'm now I'm stuck reading these books that some of these writers are just terrible. And I'm not saying I'm the best, but it's like I could have been doing this. I waited this long, then you know, the passion, the fury, it all comes out and I did something with it, you know. Uh, it, you know I, I tried the rock star thing. That didn't work. <laughs> so, you know, but this seems to be working out for me. But, you know, like I said, if you don't plug yourself, who the hell's going to? The Fall of Tomorrow, everybody. Check out my book, The Fall of Tomorrow, if you love monsters. I know Anthony is not a fan of horror. <laughs> I'll, I'll read anything. I mean, that's the one thing that you, you know, I, I guess I left out of our first conversation. That's I, all right. I'll read anything. <laughs> I don't have specific genre of books that I read. I mean, if you go into my studio, I think you'd be kind of, you know, impressed at what I've got in there as far as books. Well, shit, man. I'm just saying, your 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 sound, the final cut, is the reason why I do the writing I do. It has that that feel, that vibe, the darkness. So, if there's ever a soundtrack for what I write, it's you guys. So there you have it. There you have it. But yeah, um, but yeah. Listen, I want to thank you for coming on again. Um, and we'll do this again when you got more stuff to talk about. What you know? And I, September sounds like a big month for you. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's like you know the first month of sobriety for me uh, with records in the in the can. So we're gonna try this out. All right. Well, um, that's Anthony Srock, everybody. Check him out on Facebook. Uh, you're not. Are you doing Twitter these days? Uh, I do do Twitter, but you know, I gotta be, you know, I gotta be honest, man. There's just too many fucking genres of bullshit. Oh yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. can't keep up with this media. I, I, I see why people hire media agents now. It's definitely a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those actually. Our lovely Miss D, our assistant. She's got more followers than I do. So <laughs> when the show yeah, goes, <laughs> it ends up turning out. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't have anyone that follow, who would follow me anyway, man. Uh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I, and that, not only that, I, well, you don't have the time for it, but you get hit up with a lot of bands that way. That's what works for me. And you'll be hearing some of those bands coming up in the future. But yeah, um, well, any, anyway, look, this guy up man look up the final cut look up full effect records and there's a lot of stuff coming out and of course faster pussycat and look for them on tour aren't they coming around again they are they're on tour right now uh they're in illinois i believe wisconsin somewhere out there but they just did a they went even they went to like medellin or somewhere south <laughs> south america in awesome. Colombia. that's it's awesome oh, so they, america, they went yeah. all the way down there in the middle of their u.s tour and now they're, you know, bumping across the states. So look for them in a city town near you. We got the tour dates on the website. Um, you know, make sure you check them out. And, uh, you know, we'll keep up, uh, we'll keep up filling your guys' ears with some good music. Please and do. Yes. Absolutely. And if you know horror fans, get that out there too. I, you know, I want to share this with you too, because there's a timing thing before I let you go right now. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with, I know you're familiar with the original Night of the Living Dead, okay? Uh, I love that. The original one I like. Is that okay. the one where they're on the pickups just gunning people out in the field yeah, or something? Yeah, black and white Pittsburgh. The original, yeah. original? Absolutely. George Romero. But the, yes, the, the writer, the, the fellow, the writer, of course, was John Russo, who is also on Burning Bull Publishing, which is the same label I'm under. Well, check this out. We just, they just got, our, Gary Vincent, our, our editor and our, our publisher, got the rights to do an anthology of zombie stories in the same time period of 
as Night of the Living Dead, 67 to 69. And I'm one of those people, so I get to do a story along with the, the timeline of Night of the Living Dead, which is freaking awesome, with John Russo himself. So that's a that's a sick opportunity. It just came out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. That's I got to plug that out there. It'll be out sometime this year, folks. But just stick with Burning Pole Publishing, and you you'll see that along with other stuff from me coming out. That I swear to God, if you like your monsters, I will make you proud. And if you like your music, you got Anthony right here. All right, and uh, you know at some point we'll get him on Twitter. Oh yeah, I'll be, yeah. I'm on. I'm on Twitter. I think I'm just AJ Azrock. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did find you, but uh, yeah, you're like me. I'm not terribly active, but I just send the shows out there, and it seems to work. I will give feedback when people get back with me, though. You know, good and bad, so it's all good. But uh, thanks again for coming on, dude. And uh, you know, next time you got a story arc, hit me up. And we'll bring you back on anytime you like. All right, we'll do. Let's go out with the newly deads. Let's go. All right, man.
have some Nutella, okay? Okay, well, that settles that. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.